Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own it's episode 17 and we are back for another photog adventures podcast hey guys thanks for joining us again we did want to talk about a new facebook group that we created we know that we've been asking for feedback and we keep coming back to saying hey go to our website at photogadventures.com go to itunes put a review up there those of you who have written reviews, thank you, thank you so much. Very nice things were said, and we really appreciate that, and we hope that we can keep that up. But we want to hear more from you guys and have more feedback directly and something that maybe you guys can have an easier time doing since I know a lot of you are already on Facebook. So we created a Facebook group. We call it Photog Adventures Listeners. So anyone who wants to get up there and make any comments, any feedback on our YouTube videos or feedback on our podcast, please hit us up there or just want to talk. We have some guys we've been talking to a lot through our Instagram feed about lenses that they're buying, places that they're going. And it's honestly really fun to do. And so we want to do it with more of you. So we created this Facebook group. So hopefully you'll go out there. There's no link for you to find. Just go into the Facebook page and search Photog Adventures Listeners and it'll pop right up. Yeah, it's... um can we put a link to our regular Facebook? Page? We're gonna avoid putting a link just because I hear that it spams easily. Oh, we want to avoid spam the it. Yeah. yeah, and so just so but, don't bot us. Just come. <laughs> yeah, so no one knows us. about it. We're just gonna put it out there in the word of mouth, and then let people go find it. Okay, that's fair enough. Today we're gonna talk about the hot springs up in Diamond Fort Canyon, which yeah. is a split off from Spanish Fort Canyon. We connected with a guy, Dan Linhart, from Instagram, and he's apparently a listener and a YouTube follower. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. Thanks, Dan. It's his idea to go out there and to check it out. He was already gearing up to go, so we just kind of basically tagged along with him. Yeah, it was awesome that he just invited us out of the blue and said, hey guys, I'm going up here. I think it'd make a cool photog adventure. Do you guys want to join me? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I think I've been there before. So yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. So. <laughs> yeah. Going into this trip, we knew is going to be added mileage because we knew about the roadblock. Dan had come the day before and he informed us that the road was blocked and from where he was, I think he tagged it on his, on his GPS on his phone or something. And he could tell there was like four miles between that place we could park and the trailhead. So we knew we had extra mileage to carry that cover that day. We knew we had to get up early because we wanted to get there before the sun was rising or while the sun was rising and to get that nice golden hour, you know, look for our pictures. Um, we got up at four. Yeah, Dan 15. was nice enough to come all the way to my place, pick up Brendan and I from here, and I slept in. I slept through my alarm because I pulled the new maneuver of setting my 3.30 alarm and 3.45 alarm for p.m. and not a.m. But you know what? In all fairness, you, it was only like five minutes. It's true. So... You didn't get to get your brats together, but that's fine. We still survived. We wouldn't have had breakfast either way and would have had the same casualty of having to get a breakfast burrito on the way up. Yeah. So I don't know if that's good advice to avoid the breakfast burrito when you I think first it is. go on. You know, maybe a normal breakfast is a good idea. Yeah. So Dan was nice enough to come at the crack of, I know, in the crack of dawn. He came in the middle of the night, drove yeah. up to my place, and then we went in with his vehicle out there so that we can get there by four. 
We wanted to get there around th- 5 o'clock. I think he left his place before 3.30 a.m. Oh, yeah, he did. So props to you, Dan. We're definitely going to go out with you again sometime. Um, we won't make you do all that other extra work next time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'll have more energy at the end of the next Photog Adventures. So yeah. You'll have to carry things for me. So we thought it'd be a good idea to get some bikes to bike, you know, to bike up the four miles before the trailhead. So we got some fat tire bikes and Dan's just like, yeah, I got my own mountain bike. I'll bring that. Fat tire bike seems so cool. I couldn't wait. No, it seemed awesome. I totally wanted to try it. And then when you, when I saw them in the garage, I was like, these tires feel really low. As intended. Really low. And I'm like, is this on purpose? I feel like I need to pump them up because I never ride low tire bikes because I know what kind of drag it creates. Right. And we didn't know what we were in for condition wise, so we thought, okay, if it's super powdery, we're gonna want the we're gonna want oh, yeah, soft tires. Oh yeah, you have tires, to have soft tires. Right? You just can't even ride. So we got there; it's super packed. There's no fresh snow. It, it I mean, it looked like a marathon had been run on that trail. Right. And I our, mean, it was so packed. Down. <laughs> it was. Not only was it packed, we had a snowmobile showing up right as we arrived, and he was going back and forth on the same trail, so he was smoothing and glossing a path for us just that morning. Oh, yeah, especially on the hiking, on the on the trail itself, so for the hike. So we didn't need fat tire bikes. We didn't need Not to have all. super soft tires. He had a regular mountain bike with normal pressure. He was cruising. He was fine. And we yeah. were just, like, dragging. We were already exhausted because you and I both didn't get enough sleep. I had like four hours. You had like two. Uh-huh. It was killer, man. We were just we were just dying. So the funny thing happened on the way up there is we were totally like dying every fifteen minutes. I had to pull over and get a breather. And these three girls just like da 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 and just cruising right past us, <laughs> like put us to shame. Yeah, to put it in perspective a little bit more, I had been up forever. My wife, she had her surgery, and then she had a blood clot. I haven't mentioned that yet on the podcast. Mm. She had a blood clot that almost killed her, and so my Serious. wife, <laughs> my wife is in dire situation i have my kids and i'm up in the morning with my daughter at least twice a night and my son maybe once and so i haven't gotten a lot of sleep as it is Mm -hmm. then this night i got two hours of sleep i went an all-nighter from friday to saturday so that i can edit our bryce canyon video i really wanted to get that out for saturday morning and then it turned out to be too long i had to break it into parts and so i finished part one by saturday morning but i had to keep working on it through saturday and into sunday my daughter woke up at 4 a.m and i was awake with her for for almost a full hour so i was wide awake at that point so Sunday, mm-hmm. I was wide awake from 4 o'clock in the morning on until I ended up getting two hours of sleep before we went on this, on this trip. So Monday morning, Martin Luther King Day, we decided to take off, and I had probably a total of six hours of sleep in the last three nights. That's insane. Yeah, that'll kill you. Oh, it will kill you just to be sitting still and have that happen yeah. to you. And then I decided to go on a bike for the first time in a year or more and have a fat tire bike that's a it was a nightmare it was a nightmare i mean i was in i felt like i was rolling around two fat kids as tires and their 100 pound weight was holding me back with every pedal i'd have to do like 16 revolutions on my high gear yeah and if you've ever rode a regular bike with a flat tire yeah it's like you're insanely slow like a third of the speed of you normally would be and so having that Having it extra wide and low, oh, dude, it was insane. So I'm dying. I'm literally dying and having to make these guys stop. And I had pushed myself to a certain point, pushed again, pushed again. I was like, okay, at that sign, we're stopping, Brendan. We got to the sign. I lay down. I needed to just take a complete breather. Right. I wasn't having as much physical issues as much as I was having just nausea and crazy weird mental awareness (laughs) issues. I just needed to lay down so I didn't get sick. 
And then the three girls showed up. So I was lucky in the fact that I had seven hours of sleep the night before. (laughs) The night before I had four hours of sleep. So I had way more sleep than you did. And I was still dying on that bike. And so as you were laying down, (laughs) these three girls walked past. They're probably half our age. And they're just cruising. Oh, like it's an easy walk. Right past us. They're just going for a walk. You know, (laughs) speed walking practically. Yeah. And uh, we tried biking and biking and we didn't catch up to them at all. That was the craziest thing is I thought with our bikes, we would see them over and over again, but they would just keep kicking, you know, taking the lead. No, they were... Never saw them half an hour ahead of us the whole way. It was insane. Saw their lights one little bit just before we got to the trailhead so I could tell that they went up the trail. That was the yeah. last I saw and they were them. Probably, they were probably like way up the trail by that point. Too. Oh, yeah. We saw those lights and then they dimmed and we couldn't see them anymore. They went around the <laughs> corner or something or down a hill. So, yeah. So, the funny thing is um, by the time we got to the hot springs, they would already, they'd already been so, sitting there soaking for over an hour. Yeah, hanging out. Know, hanging out because we stopped to take some pictures along the way um, and – I thought some of them turned out pretty cool. There's a little bridge. We took some pictures of that. Really and, photogenic. Um, it's a really cool area. It's a really cool area, especially in the wintertime. I mean, you've got almost a foot of snow on all the rocks around the river, and sometimes the bigger rocks in the middle of the river have a bunch of snow piled up, and it was just really picturesque. Yeah, a I mean, lot of untouched I wanted to areas. Stop, I wanted to stop at every five minutes and take pictures. It was just insane. So I whipped up my phone as much as I could, and because uh, I didn't want to take my big old camera out all the time. So. No, that is a hard part that I'm trying to learn how to break through because I love my camera. I love photography and I'm unwilling to do it. I'm unwilling to get my camera out of my bag because it's inconvenient. Yeah. I have a mind shift 180 and I could just swing it around, put on my lens, take a shot, put it right back in. And yet all my thoughts are get to the location, get to the location. Right. I've got to change that mindset. So maybe there's other guys out there that have the same feelings we do because I often feel that way too. And I've got to push myself and I feel like I've got to inconvenience myself so I could actually take a picture of this thing that I'm interested in right now that looks kind of cool. You know? You kind of regret it now but when you're on the trail, you're thinking, I don't need one of those. I have 700 of them coming. So maybe this is the thing. Maybe it is the, it's the journey we need to appreciate, not the destination. Maybe, it, that's the, maybe there's real meaning for that for us. It's you know? hard not to think that way because you're going there because Fifth Water Hot Springs. We were invited to right. go to Fifth Water Hot Springs. And you know there might be something cool along the way, but you're really just, I'm thinking about Fifth Water Hot Springs. That's right. where I'm taking a picture. I want to get there for the sunrise. I want to be there soon. I want to not miss an opportunity there. What if something there happens? And so, I, I yeah, you just, we've got to get ourselves thinking, okay, once we're out of the car with our bags, it's on. And let's just enjoy it more. Yeah. 2017, let's do that. We've got to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Snap as many pictures along the way. Because the destination is still going to be there, right? So that's what we have to remind yeah. ourselves, I guess. So uh, hopefully hopefully that helps you guys out there if you have similar issues. Um, I know I've struggled with that a lot last year, and I think that's probably a pretty normal thing. Anyways, back to these three girls that pass us by, and we finally caught up to them. 
<laughs> and uh, when we got there, there's already a dude that passed us on a fat tire bike. He made it not just all the way up to the trailhead on the he fat tire bike. the entire trail. He went up the trail. The craziest, like, this is where you need a fat tire because it's soft snow most of the places. There's some the icy. steep hill and icy hills on that trail. Yeah, and that dude just chugged his way right up there. That was impressive. He was like Rambo. He thought he was pretty impressive, too. He, thought, he did. He looked pretty <laughs> confident. He stripped down real fast and jumped in with those girls, just like, I'm here. And the oh, girls man. were like, uh, okay. You got to understand, you? We're it's like, at this point, 8 in the morning, probably, 8.30. And yeah. the only people who have gotten up there are three girls, us three, and, and then this dude. dude shows up. and he, he came right before us, though. He, I thought he must have been in their group, because the way he jumped off that bike, stripped down and leapt into the pool with them, it was like, yeah. sorry I'm late, girls. Here I am. Right. But I could tell by their body, body language. They were just like, uh, okay. And just kind of, t- and he was like laying out his full body, <laughs> yeah. like trying to touch him with his toes or something. Yeah, it was weird. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, we're looking at these girls like, man, we're sorry. This dude is just weird and we're not going to add to that weirdness. So, we're just going to keep <laughs> walking past you. And so, what's funny is yesterday I realized that. That girl was a girl that we started following like a month ago on Instagram. That's so crazy. And uh, we liked some of her pictures. She's liked some of our pictures. And then uh, just like, oh my gosh, like that log had a child. <laughs> that's not <laughs> going to make girl. any sense in the podcast, but <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> that girl, we know that girl. And that's pretty funny. So, so then we started commenting back. Child. You should leave that in. I'm going to have to, but they don't understand it at all. Oh, there's about three plus million people that don't understand that. So we'll see who understands that. Go watch the bad lip reading of Seagulls. Stop if you guys it. haven't Seagulls seen Seagulls Stop It Now, you should. That's just the way it is. <laughs> so I started commenting back when they're like, who was that crazy guy with you in the pool? Like, you guys look so, you know, un- uncomfortable. And so if you guys see a salty wanderer on uh, Instagram, you could look her up. She's got a funny post on that from that adventure. And uh, yeah, and followers. We started she's, commenting that too. So she's definitely an adventurer, goes out, gets out and does cool things here yeah, in Utah. Yeah, she is. She, not just in Utah. I've seen posts from she her. She has from, Aurora Borealis, so she yeah, must have been up north over. or south. Yeah, so I'm just like, wow, this girl's been all over. That's why I started following her, because I'm like, this Aurora girl's Australis. legit, so, yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Definitely interesting how you see people on Instagram who are getting out and having an adventure, and then when you go out and have an adventure, they're the same people. They're the people you're going to see. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy. we're a yeah. tight-knit community of people willing to go out on a Martin Luther King Day Weather had been bad. Now, this was great weather that day. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah, it was perfect. But, uh, oh, man, it was cool. And I'm so glad that we came across her. It's crazy interesting that we actually already come across her So there's actually, before. yeah, because it was us, her, and then Dano was also, uh, you know, Dano yeah. on Instagram. So, yeah, this, uh, it was pretty cool. To- Utah pride, guys. Well, well, well represented. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take our first break of this episode, and then we'll come back, talk about the last few things that – happened to me on our tra- our trail and our ride up there and then let's go into what went well in our photography welcome back to the photo adventures podcast uh, we're right now talking about my last thing that went poorly for me on the way up and not riding a bike for over a year not enough sleep being out of shape I'm finding, I, I found quickly my limits and I started having major cramps. I'm really, sh- I'm, I'm a bit short. You might not tell from my voice or from what you see in the videos, but I'm crazy short. 
I am so short. And so when I pulled a bike to get my leg over every time I took a break, I couldn't get over the tire with my leg without getting a Charlie horse in my thigh. That's the worst, man. And it wasn't even just from that. I was from riding, and I was getting Charlie horses all over the place. And then when Mm. I got to the trail, I would have to slow down really slow just to keep those Charlie horses. I didn't know if the proper way of handling a stiffening, cramping muscle was, oh man, definitely don't walk on it. You need to just sit still and wait it out and then walk on it. The worst thing you could do is walk on it. Or I thought is the worst thing you could do is stop walking on it. Right. And you need to keep walking on it and walk it out. It'll be better if you just kept walking. I, I didn't know. It's I had like no bite. clue. You don't know which is better, the thing to do. Like so. Actually, I know go to the hospital. Yeah, if you can. <laughs> yeah, snake I guess bites, so. Snake bites, you might have to suck out the poison, see, so. No, your friends suck out the poison. That's what friends right. are for. That's exactly right. <laughs> You've seen that movie, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> so here I am walking like this old man. I felt like Brendan and Dan decided to go hiking that morning and then mistakenly said, hey, Grandpa, do you want to come along? And then they were sitting there in the middle of the hike watching me, who was about 50 yards behind him trying to catch up, going, huh, dude, why'd you bring your grandpa? I don't know. I thought it'd be a good idea, but he's just not making it. So that's what I felt like. I felt like the 80-year-old grandpa that you were wishing you had never brought along. And uh, so now we got to babysit grandpa. I was going out with Dan, too. I mean, <laughs> Dan was a cool listener and watcher of Photog Adventures, and here I am embarrassing myself. Complete dignity, gone. All respect he may have had for me, gone. Everything that I thought I was that was cool, I was just, hey, Dan, you mind taking my bike? It's hard to use. And then he gave me his bike so that I could have an easier time up the trail. I mean, Dan, you're a saint, but I'm sorry your first Photog Adventure was with the weakest version of Aaron King ever. He may never come out with us again, actually. <laughs> when, when we lost track of him on the way back, and the way back we're mostly downhill on, this, on the oh, road. Oh, yeah, he just took and off. And that was awesome because we had all the long coasting, and he took off, he was gone, and we couldn't see him after a few turns. And we started wondering if he just got in the car and he's like, forget, forget it. it. These yeah. guys are these guys are wimps. <laughs> these guys are wussy. We're done. I might watch their videos sometimes, but they're, they're just Our bikes were just not bouncing. Cool I mean, we couldn't even we couldn't even coast down the hill without no. bouncing around and being just it was just nuts. We were dragging sandbags behind us yeah. every time we went downhill. Yeah. We had a guy walking next to us Never who passed again. us three times because our bikes were so slow. I well, okay. I, I won't say never again. I will try a fat tire bike again. In what if, scenario? If I have control over the pressure, well, I will pump that thing up. We had Dan's pump, but we never used it because no, because I, I saw that I saw they had those they had those crazy uh, things on the on the tires. Oh, you looked to see standard, how they hooked up, so yeah, we they couldn't. Have, they didn't have a standard nozzle. I see. I didn't know that part. Yeah, it was those new skinny ones that you know. I thought you guys just fell for my mistaken idea that these are supposed to be flat. That's how it works in soft and, and, snow. Yeah. In sand and soft snow. Yeah. yeah, and right where we were at the parking lot, we had no idea it was soft snow. was as hard as the road. We so. thought, okay, right here it's hard, but it'll be soft out there. No, yeah. we were completely wrong. So, no, so I'm seizing it. up. Yeah, it's it. horrible. The last thing I wanted to say about the trip, which is a little bit of a tip, and I'm not sure what the solution is. Maybe Brandon and I can think it out here live on the podcast. Your Camelback is an awesome way of pouring water. You put it in your bag, you got a big bladder, and then you drink it out of this awesome, um, it's not a straw, what do we call it? A the tube. You shrink it out of the tube, and that's fantastic, except in this temperature. Oh, my gads. It was frozen solid before I knew it. Brendan's like, yeah, I've been uh, drinking mine to keep it so it wouldn't freeze. Now, did that work? Yes. If now, you sip how from often it every you have to five sip on it? minutes or so, okay. you get a good channel going, then it won't freeze. It was about 25 degrees, I think, when we were up there. 
Okay. Maybe, maybe lower. And in those temperatures, it will freeze. I mean, obviously, yeah, it'll freeze pretty fast. So the problem is, hey, your bladder is going to be okay in your bag, but your this tube that comes out that you're using and putting your mouth to drink your water on your hike is going to freeze. Don't let that happen. If we weren't going to a hot spring, I might never gotten my water back. Right. I might have had to wear it underneath my body and have some time pass before the icicles in the tube melted enough for me to get water again. Because your tube was pretty much solid ice. Oh, solid. Completely. Yeah. I mean, you saw bubbles and some movement, but barely. It was pretty yeah. much solid. Yeah. And so... Be careful of that. If you're going to go hike out in the cold winter, make sure that you're smart with your bladder, the tube that you're keeping it from being too cold. And if you do what Brendan did, at least a sip or two every five minutes, sounds like the moving water will help fight that freezing process. And that's the solution. And that's a good way to keep hydrated also. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But another thing that I thought about on the way back is, hey, those hand warmers, like we could have thrown in a couple hand warmers. You just tuck them in around your water yes. bladder inside. Actually, I want to talk more and about that in what could have gone better. I want to talk about those exactly and okay. what could have gone better. Not for the water, but for other stuff. And yeah. so we'll get to that more. So then let's go ahead. Now that we've talked about the misery of being out of shape, the, the stupidity of Aaron King and how Dan was a rescuer and my... He's my hero. He's my hero. But on the way back, he was long gone. I thought he was leaving and wasn't going to come back ever again. We'll see if he does come back. Dan, if you're listening to this, thank you, man. Thank you for coming with us. So let's go ahead and talk about the stuff in our photography. What went well? What didn't go well? Do you want to start, Brendan? Sure. I think my camera was really solid in that cold weather. I didn't have a single hiccup. Canon's great about that. Jeff Harmon pointed that out. Yeah. That they just, they make it so that it'll work. Yeah, the 5D is what it claims it is. I mean, and that's why a lot of professionals use it. Now, I'm not going to knock on the Nikon guys because I don't really, you know, I've only used an Nikon camera a few times, but I'm sure the professional line is just as stable. But man, we do know that Dan had his Nikon out there and it was working. Right, right. And he's got like, what was that, a D800? 3300. A 3300? I think so. Oh, okay. Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, in our new Facebook page, the Facebook listeners group for Photog Adventures. Yeah, awesome. So 5D Mark III, you know, I got earlier this year or last year and it's, you know, weatherproof and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, the thing's like, the thing's built like a tank. Um, So that went well. The lens that we used, that I used primarily was the Tamron 15 to 30. Uh, That thing was also solid as a rock. I mean, the thing is also built like a tank. Yeah. Um, The only thing I experienced was fog. When I went to the very warmest part of the hot spring where the water was just coming out. I mean, we're talking like 160 plus degrees water, you know, and the steam everywhere. And it wasn't until I was right over that spot that I got Uh, fogged up. I didn't have any problems with fog. So it Mm -hmm. must have been that you were right over the warmth. Oh, yeah. But the nice thing is once you step away for a minute, it clears up and, you know. You didn't have to use a lens cloth or anything? I did after because Dan actually had some spare ones he gave me. You um, didn't have any on you? I didn't have any on me. I left it in the car in my other bag, not in my hiking bag. (laughs) Oh, man. So I didn't bring bring any lens cloths with me, which was stupid. If you're going to hot springs, bring a a cloth. anything to do with water, just bring a lens cloth, multiple. Another thing that I noticed is that the the moisture would rise up high enough and then it would freeze into these tiny, tiny little snowflakes, these micro snowflakes. And a couple of them fell right on my lens. And once they hit the lens, they melted and turned into little water spots. (laughs) Right. And so I did have a few, though. So with the steam and the water spots, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's time to – I should clean it off. You actually pointed that out to me. I thought it was just flaking a little bit from above us or wind was blowing snow on us. No, but there's almost no clouds above us. Yeah, I looked up and realized you're right. I mean, it's obviously not snowing from above me. Yeah. 
it's the fact that there's steam freezing and snowing back down. It's yeah, awesome. It's the coolest thing. <laughs> and so it really is like that mystical, magical feeling of that place. You've got the fog that's rising from the water. The blue water. You've got this water. crazy blue water and these crazy, dense, super bright green moss all over that's just growing all year round because yeah. it's warm and there's just because the sulfur is feeding. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just a cool. Yeah, mystical looking place, you know. <laughs> really awesome experience. And so you're walking on this hike. You're just like, man, I can take a picture here and there and there. Yeah, but you you don't want to stop every five seconds to take a picture because you want to get there too. So yeah, it was crazy. So speaking of pictures, we, I didn't feel like any of the pictures I came out with were portfolio, but we've seen some really good pictures that you had. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually kind of impressed with the ones that I had taken. Um, I worked on eight or nine of them in the last couple of days and turns out that I actually like a few of them more than I thought I would. Yeah. Because I thought I was kind of skunked as well. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. Nothing seemed great on the spot. Yeah. Right? But even the pictures, even some of the pictures I took with my phone for Instagram, I was able to process them in Instagram and they looked pretty amazing. And I was like, well, that's actually looked pretty cool. Like it looked really flat before and now it's like popping (laughs) because the colors were so rich over there. Even the trees... You know, the, the pine trees were really green. You could bring those greens out more. The rocks were really, like, orange and red. And then you get that crazy super blue, I mean, like, Kool-Aid blue water. Yeah. I had to desaturate some of my pictures. <laughs> That's not normal for you. For the blue. Because That's the crazy. blue was so crazy blue. That once you bring <laughs> up, like, once you start doing normal processing, you're like, dang, that is blue. And so I had to actually desaturate <laughs> some of that blue because it was just too much. It's like, this looks fake. Did you go in with an adjustment brush and take out the blue from the rock, from no, that I water? No, I did it within the uh, saturation and luminance and um, panel there on, in Lightroom. So you've got saturation. Just sat- oh, just hue, just... saturation, and luminance. That panel where oh, you can yeah, bring HSL? all three down. So, yeah, I, I usually leave that just open with all three because I usually end up tweaking a little bit here and there. Oh, of course, yeah. Because the pine trees... In real life, are nice and green, but when you take a picture, sometimes it's flat, and so you can really adjust the hue. I usually do adjust the hue for those because usually it's the picture takes them a little more on the yellow side. Even within the last like six months, I noticed that. So if I just bring that hue over from yellow to green, I can really make my greens pop, and they look natural still, and they're not like oversaturated, but they just look more normal, more, right? More what you would Our imagine. Our eyes are amazing with how they handle the dynamic contrast of the low light and the oh, highlight, yeah. and yeah. you get to see color when really a camera looks at it needs a lot more time, a lot more light to bring out that color. Yeah, so, so you're I'm just not, like, bringing back what your out. eyes saw. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, or at least what my imagination remembers what my eyes saw, you know. Which is probably a little romanticized, but yeah, it probably is. Yeah, and so my pa- my processing may look a little saturated and sometimes it does just for for fun but a good way to bring out the saturation is in the hsl panel where you focus specifically on some hues instead of just global saturation change yeah and i like um bringing the luminance down sometimes on some colors and i i I mess with that whole panel now most of my pictures i usually touch because all you do is scroll around and see if you like it you know, scroll back and forth on this yeah. one. Try this one. Ooh, you know, I like this. It's, you know, <laughs> so you just leave it and tweak it. Try not to do too much on it either. I don't. I try to keep within a limit of thirty. You know, is using my rule like that. That's don't, smart. Don't go over or under thirty, because then you can keep things kind of real. You know, right. But if you're going for artistic, sure. What the heck? Go all the way to hundred. Who cares? But you know, if you want to keep things looking real and nice, still, you know, thirty is kind of a general rule for me that I notice is pretty pretty good sweet spot so right on 
Let's go ahead and take our last break of the episode, and we'll come back talking about what well for me and my focus stacking and how I actually got it to work this time. And then we'll talk about the other things that went well and what didn't go well from the trip. We'll do gear time and then tip of the week. So what really went well for my photography is I had an issue back in Bryce Canyon where I was focus stacking and I thought this would be a good opportunity to focus stack because I had a big textured rock with lichen all over it right in front of my frame and then I had a bush a little bit out in the third and then it was the sunset you know basically focusing to infinity. So at that point I took my shots did I focus stack and then in this situation I had water on the rocks I had a nice little bush in front of me I had some part that was closer to me where the waterfall was coming mm -hmm. in that I liked focusing on that. And then it was the blue water, the shore, the back post where that had that log that had fallen yeah, on the ground. Yeah. So focus stacking in that situation, I succeeded here where I did not succeed in Bryce Canyon. Wow. And the reason why I succeeded here is because I noticed in Bryce Canyon the mistake that I made. You get in your head, you're thinking, okay, I focused on this first third, now I focus on the second third, and then focus on the last third, and that'll be fine. And that, that can work at a higher aperture. Yeah. A higher aperture where you have a much more wide depth of field, much more useful space to work with. So we're talking like F8 to F11 or F higher? F higher than F8. Because in Bryce Canyon, I was using F8. And oh. I tried just three images right there of just my foreground, midground, background. And I ended up having this rock that was stretching into the middle third a little bit. And the front of the rock was entirely in focus on my first focus. But then when I went in my second one at F8, there was just that edge where the rock met the terrain behind it that, that blurry, stayed right? blurry. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so when you're looking at these focus stacks that you're doing, you've got a focus point and a blurry area out to the edge, and then a focus stack and a blurry point out to the edge. And if you end up with a blurry point between both pictures of the same area, it doesn't look good. And yeah. I thought, okay, I got another image of that. I can save it here. Well, because it was a different aperture or a different focus point, I had some focus breathing issues mm. that caused the perspective of the rock to be a different shape. Oh, wow. And so I couldn't even use the one that was in focus because the shape had changed so much that it wasn't blending into the really tight focus rock for my first shot. Mm. So I couldn't salvage that picture in Bryce Canyon. That picture was just blurry yeah. in the edge I couldn't fix it so here I succeeded where I took multiple shots five six at f11 so it was a smaller aperture it had a much larger depth of field and then I was able to play around with here there here there here there here there and I had a bunch more of a gradual transition from focus to the back focus that I was able to blend everything in together mm. I don't have the blur that I had that happened in Bryce Canyon I had focus breathing problems still when I focused on my closest yeah point and then I focused on the point that because what happened is I told the camera to focus to the far right and then I focused there at f11 and held at the same shutter speed I think mm -hmm. it was like 1 200th or something and then I said focus on the far left part of the screen where this waterfall was in the third and it had cool rocks and the water is folding over it mm. and maybe because I asked it to go from this side to the right side and it was kind of a big shift a swing mm. point for focusing mm -hmm. it caused a major focus breathing issue that I think is the only part that's bad but because I have so much of the foreground that's visible in a focus and all my multiple shots mm -hmm. I had a workable thing so I didn't have any issues there. So with the focus breathing it actually like cropped in 
a little bit on your picture. It right? actually changed on the crop frame. of my okay. frame in the breathing, and I didn't change anything about the position. I didn't change anything but yeah. the focus. Okay. Aperture stayed the same. The shutter stayed the same. All I did was say, hey, focus over here on the right, and that much changed. You so saw it. for next time, we can automate that process. So automate in, it with in what? Magic Lantern, you can automate focus stacking. Wait, Magic Lantern does focus stacking? Yes. So it should just tell you, I want to focus stack the scene, do five pictures? What? I think so. I, I don't, I, I've seen the option since day one. I noticed it does focus stacking. I've seen focus stacking examples online. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Magic Lantern is going to help me focus stack and make sure I don't have anything blurry. Yeah. So I think you can set up your frame. And you set your camera up and you say, okay, start here and then focus stack out. I want 40 pictures. And it'll take boom, 40 boom, 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 pictures. And it'll just do micro focus all the way down the line to 40 pictures or whatever you want to set it up. Oh, for. that's awesome. So Does I think it... it's great for macros. I think macro photographers use it all the time. You oh, know, because if you're getting a little tiny right. bee head and you want to get that whole thing in focus, you can't do that in one shot. Because even if you're in a macro, when you set it to F22, you're still going to get a tiny sliver yeah, you get of that object. little tiny like sliver of And you're like, I'm at F22. Like, this thing should all be in focus. No, not when you're doing macro. So That was the hardest part about macro when I tested my extension tubes is that I was doing a fly that was sitting in a perfect spot, really mm-hmm. well lit. I, I didn't know that this focus and macro was not going to be a full body focus. I thought it was going to be a really cool full body focus, but no, it was like shoulders to the mid mid body of the fly was in focus or the head was in focus. It was one or the other. Right, right. So macro guys do stacking all the time. So this is a cool way you can try it with your landscape. And we should definitely try it with some macros. Oh, yeah. Too. Man, if I can hit Magic Lantern's button, just go click, and then it just takes care of the rest for me. Yeah, because you're already set up on a tripod. You're totally stable. You're oh. not going to mess up. You're oh, just going to be one spot. It's just going to go boom, 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 and just stack <laughs> them. And then you can just stack them later, and you're all in focus. So. Okay, I'm loving that. I need to test that next chance yeah. I get. Yeah, I, I really want to go back in two months. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in even sooner than that. The snowstorm that's happening right now, I'm tempted to go get a snowmobile and get back out there the easy <laughs> way. <tempt> me. <laughs> I know. Let's get Dan, drive all the way out there. Just go, even if we could just snowmobile up to the trailhead, oh, I'd be yeah. okay with that. And the snowflakes are coming down and it got snow on both banks because... And I mo- want to fly the drone up the river. Yes, and with the snowmobile, you'd be willing to carry it. Yeah, Can't absolutely. wait till we get a Mavic Pro. So let me just segue oh, gosh, quickly into the what didn't go well in the same sentence is that okay. what was going well was this situation, but when you look at my scenery, I have these banks of no snow, banks of nothing, banks of rock and texture that was just more distracting than anything. I have really cool water, really cool streams, really cool shapes that were being drawn, but I had distracting elements all around me. Yeah. And if we had like a really heavy snow that was covering both banks up with just foot deep, six inches deep of snow, I think it would be a portfolio piece. What right now just kind of looks like inside of these colors and textures, there's a really cool picture, but it's too distracting. Well, yeah. Part of the thing is that there were so many dormant trees with no leaves. There were yeah. just like these sticks everywhere. Everywhere. So whenever you take a picture, you just have these sticks sticks everywhere and they're just <laughs> yeah. like crazy just yeah it just makes everything a big mangled mess it wasn't so. just sad that they didn't have leaves it was sad that they were just weeds everywhere just mm-hmm. filled the frame in every shot and you just couldn't get rid of so them so those were covered in snow that could be really that could be really cool and picturesque become yeah. interesting now yeah yeah so i'm thinking okay. going back in the snow would be fantastic because would that be would awesome. fix one of the things that sucked about the area okay okay so another thing that went poorly for me is that 
I had a difficult time getting the frame that I wanted. I wanted to get in the river. I didn't have any NRS boundary socks. I didn't have anything to keep me warm if I did go in and then came out and dried up. I just had no choice. And so I really want to get some three foot boots or whatever. Amen. Like, you know what I mean? waders, like waders, something. Yeah. Because we limited ourselves on a lot of compositions that we didn't have to. We right. could have done this. It's not like it's a fast moving stream. No. It, it's it's no. wimpy. It's a. It was a it's Perfect. a feng shui pond yeah. in the middle of a corporate building. I mean, yeah. it's something awesome to stand in and get a shot. And so absolutely coming with more gear, coming with better situation to get the shot and the framing that I want, as well as, you know, I told you guys in a few videos ago, I don't like center columns, but then I sat there watching Dan with his, <laughs> Dan had a Vanguard tripod that had an interesting center column that it does get out of your way when you need to by having it go and flipping out 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. It holds your camera on the end of it with its ball head, so you then end up with this really bizarre looking spider body that's crawling around that is your tripod with a forward facing neck that has your camera on it like a crane like a mini crane system yeah thing. it's yeah. really quite interesting and cool mm -hmm. um and so i think that something like that would have been nice to use a center column to just get that extra height yeah. because i have this little pool of water that's flat and the lower i go it becomes impossible to see and the higher i go gets a more broad angle at the camera more of the blue is showing up and it'd be mm -hmm. a portfolio piece and I looked back at the pictures. I saw your picture on Instagram and saw how I was already at the full extension of my one leg in the water. I was standing on the bank. I couldn't have gone higher. And so it would have been greater to have higher height to get the right angle, to get that composition to a portfolio level. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to do that. And lastly, let me just emphasize real quickly that you guys need to be in good health and shape to go out. Not that you need to work out for six months and then go out with your camera. Just don't be an idiot like me and have two hours of sleep when you go out on a hike. Yeah. If you haven't ridden a bike in over a year, hey, uh, don't plan on riding a bike to get there because it's going to cause problems. And if you aren't getting enough sleep before you go out, you're going to have problems. Now, mm. did I make it there? Yes, I did. Was it slow? Yes, it was. But that's not even the part that makes me so mad. What makes me mad is that when I look at my pictures and I see what I was pulling out, what I was working with, it really affected my creative abilities. It mm. affected me. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was having a bad attitude there. I didn't feel like I was sitting down going, I'm too cold, I can't do no, this. No, and that's no. what I always picture when people say, if you're not warm and not comfortable, you won't be good at taking pictures. I'm picturing people saying, oh, I'm too cold to take a picture. I'm just going to sit here with my camera in my bag. Yeah. I wasn't keeping my camera in my bag. Right. I was doing tons of pictures. But in the end, I realized I was only in that one spot. You parked yourself kind of and just kind of Yeah. I kept there. trying to make that spot work. I couldn't get it there. My head wasn't clear enough to find the composition where I want it fast mm. enough. I wasn't creative as good as as well as I could have been, and I wasn't just in the right mindset because of lack of sleep to just recognize the things I needed to recognize on the spot to get my shots. And so was I skunked in this trip? No, I wasn't skunked. I skunked the trip. I skunked my own trip. After 12 miles of there and back, I blew it because I wasn't in the right frame of mind, the right health to do it well. And that's my big regret. So it seems like a lot of other creative um, people have the same problem. You know, like if I'm doing anything graphic design wise or any other creative yeah. process, when you're not on your A game, it's because you're underslept or you're overworked or you're exhausted. Haven't eaten something. And then your creativity just isn't there. 
And I guess I never really thought about that as photography, but it makes a lot of sense. Because usually when I'm going out doing, you know, photography and stuff, it's usually a couple days. It's usually kind of relaxing. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a takeaway out of the pace of life, you know, and so right. almost like a mini vacation. But on this particular instance, you really learn the hard way that, oh, man, man, if you're I. not rested up for it, because that was grueling. It was grueling to get there. Yeah. So it was very physically demanding. And, you know, even if you might think you can get there physically, your mental capacities might not be there after being so grueling. So just True, yeah, bone up for it. Get ready for it. Carbo load by sleeping a lot before you go. Mm-hmm. And just prepare yourself before you go out on a photog tug adventure of your own. Be in good health, good get timing. Some get some sleep. <laughs> Don't forget certain things so that you can be comfortable. So one of the things I want, one of the things that I've talked about earlier was putting a hand warmer in your camelback or your water pack, whatever you have, to keep the water warm so it doesn't freeze. And that also applies to your batteries too. Yeah. So it was so cold that one of my batteries wasn't even registering correctly on my camera, which it normally never has an issue. Oh, yeah. Now, they are aftermarket batteries, and aftermarket batteries can do that every once in a while. Sure. Um, but I've, but these are STKs that I've had for over a year, and every single time, they always register all the time with the camera saying, this is what the charge level is at, here's the information. And when I turn my camera on this time, it said, one of your batteries isn't communicating, and is that okay? I said, yeah, and I thought maybe my camera was freaking out. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's just my battery. So I hit okay. And it still showed 100%. My battery still ran. Everything ran fine. But it's just that it couldn't communicate because of the cold. So something was going on with that. I and even had a Canon battery fully charged just before we left. Right away when I put it in my camera and turned it on, down half. Really? Yeah. It said it was down half. It was so cold. So the lithium ions, I think I have a problem with that. And I was when I was reading, and I never thought about my camera battery really having that issue. Right. But when I was reading my manual for my... Inspire One, when I first got it, it said they included like little pads to keep it warmer in the wintertime because it will do that. Lithium-ion batteries will just discharge in cold weather. Interesting. So I had I mine loosely tip. sitting in a bag with other batteries instead of putting it in the camera. Or, or keeping it in your pocket or something. Just a little bit warmer. Better. So. And you may or may not feel like your hands need a hand warmer. And I know I didn't. My hands were never cold the whole trip. It was fine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think about hand warmers. But think about hand warmers wrapped around my camera or wrapped around my battery pack. Yeah. On, in the backpack, just as I'm going up, that would have been brilliant to yeah. keep all the power and juice in there. Everything was in good condition. And it would have been nice to have water. Yeah, so hand warmers, they're cheap, and they're everywhere. <laughs> so for today, for gear time, um, I want to talk about Magic Lanterns. So for you guys that are Nikon users, um, I just found a site called Nikon Hacker, and you can find the forum where they've actually posted some modified firmwares for your Nikon cameras. I'm not sure to what extent they add extra capabilities on NikonHacker.com, but there are a few cameras listed there. seems like the pretty general um, popular ones, most popular cameras, bodies for Nikons. And so check it out. Maybe there's something cool there you guys can do. And I know that the community has been working on that because they've been very, very jealous and envious of Magic Lantern and the Canon group. As they should and so, be. I mean, it's nice. As they should do. Yeah, as they should be because it's, um, it's been a lot of fun to use <laughs> uh, the software. So now the thing with Magic Lantern is it is a firmware um, soft hack. So what it is, is it puts a custom firmware packet on your SD card. You go into the camera and you tell it to update your firmware 
like you normally would, and it leaves the firmware the same level, the same number it is as it currently is, but it adds all this extra functionality because of the software that's on the card. But once you pull the card out and put in a different SD card with no Magic Lantern, it reverts back to the standard factory firmware. So for the Canon guys um, that haven't played with Magic Lantern before, I'm just gonna go over the overview of the main menus inside of Magic Lantern. So once you've got it loaded and you've got it installed, you can hit your, usually it's the garbage can button that activates the menu, the hidden menu. And the first menu that pops up is an audio menu. So you can set your speaker volume and your you can do a beep test tones. So the first one's audio, it's pretty basic. Um, then you have an overlay option. So this is what draws on your screen while you're using your can, while you're using the LCD back um, screen. And so you can actually do global draw, which is all modes on, um, you can do focus peaking, you can do zebras, you can do magic zoom, crop marks, ghost image, um, spot meter, false colors, histogram, waveform, uh, vector scope. So some of these are for video. Your next option is shoot, which is your basic uh, shooting option. So you have advanced bracket, which I use all the time for HDR photography. Intervalometer, which is great for time lapses and stuff like that, I use it all the time. Bulb timer, motion detect, now, motion detect is cool because you can basically set up your camera to take pictures of things whenever something moves across your frame, it'll take the picture. <laughs> so if you're looking for wildlife, you want to do remote shoot, you want to get some deer or some wolves or something like that, you can set it up to do that, which is pretty cool. Okay, your next big menu is focus. Here's where you can do trap focus, follow focus, focus endpoint. There's rack focusing, and then there's focus stacking, which takes pictures at different focus points which is focus stacking, which we know. Yeah, which is awesome. Focus settings and then depth of fuel settings. So there's all kinds of crazy options in the focus option. I mean, there's tons of stuff to play with in this software. It's insane. There's all these modules you can load in there as well, which are kind of like mini apps, mini apps within the app itself. So yeah, that's nuts. And Magic Lantern came to my rescue in Bryce Canyon where I needed to get a time lapse over the night. My intervalometer, I had done something to it, which at the time I didn't understand what I did. Mm, and mm -hmm. I had no idea what I had done. But at this point, I need Magic Lantern right now for the next night. And it saved me. It did my intervalometer for me and took my time lapse for that second night where I got all my meteor shots. Yeah. I mean, so this is so this software goes, I mean, I'm just doing a really high-level overview. There's so much that goes in depth in each one of these options that you can literally play with this thing for days. It's yeah. just really cool. So if there's a specific thing you're looking for, you can Google, you know, Magic Lantern, do this, and look it up and see. There's probably a tutorial on it, and uh, have some fun with it. Play around with it. I, I've been playing with it for years now, and I just really, and I haven't even done all the options. <laughs> right. It's nuts. So for tip of the week, I want to talk about something that just recently happened with Arches and Canyonlands where people who had a commercial use authorization for those two parks were contacted and told that there is a new policy in place. So if you go out to the awesome Delicate Arch, the famous Delicate Arch, and you want to get some night photography, in 2017, if you are with a commercial group or a workshop, you're not going to be allowed to actually light paint. You're not going to be able to go out there with your flashlight and wave a wand around and light paint the subject so that you can see it and get the Milky Way behind it. You must keep it dark for other people there so that they can enjoy the stars because when people go out there and start shining their lights that they change 
people's eyes. They get adjusted for the light again, and they can't see the stars and the awesome sky, and it's ruining the experience for other people, so they say. Mm. And then the other rule that is beginning next year, and this one's more serious, is that they are just going to restrict all commercial use authorizations from happening for workshops at night. If you want to bring a workshop out to Arches or Canyonlands in the day, and teach them how to use photography in the day, you can, absolutely. But in the night, when the park has a lot less rangers available, if anybody, they have decided that in 2018, it's over. So people who had workshops already scheduled, sold, slots were filled, people had plane tickets for 2017, they, okay, said, yeah, sure, we understand. You guys can still do it in 2017, but be prepared. Don't sell any workshops for 2018 because it's over. And that's such a bummer. That is yeah. so ridiculous. It, it just seems like some weird, like, feeble grandma law. You know what I mean? Like, right. some old person got ticked off one day and just complained the heck out of, you know, and just, it doesn't make hardly any sense at well, all. Well, in one complaint in the letter that they explained that someone came out there, saw a tent underneath the arch, and there were lights going off on both sides, and they thought they were doing a search and rescue. And so they said, oh, we better leave. So they didn't get to see it that night, thinking that they were impeding on a search and rescue when it was just oh a photographer gosh. with light painting. Yeah. So I, it does seem like so the whiners the are getting... I mean, I mean, we're talking the CUA holders are probably the most, you know... These are the guys... The ones you could trust. Yeah. They're there. They care a lot about what they're doing and where they are. And they're the ones following all the rules to be able to be there with their workshop. Right. They're the ones who aren't They're the, the ones problem. picking the trash. They're the ones having the most respect for the area. Exactly. And teaching that. And then they're the ones that get dinged. Yeah. So one cool know. thing is that one person who has a CUA, who has been taking groups out for workshops for many years to this area, Royce Bear, he is going to come on with us next week. And we're going to talk about this more in depth and other astrophotography tips mm -hmm. that he has for us. Where he, He's been kind enough to give us some of his time. So we're going to meet with him, talk about this and talk about other astrophotography stuff, see if we can get some of his perspective on what the situation is and how devastating it is. But the key thing I want to talk about is Royce has a very clever way of lighting these subjects without causing any problems. Problems. Low level mm -hmm. lights, where you use a very low level that is almost as bright as just what the stars are in the distance. And right. so when you turn your stationary light source way, 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 way down to that low level, without adjusting your eyes, you can't tell it's even on. Right. And so when you have a long exposure in your camera, you see this wonderful light painting job that's happened on your source, uh, on your subject, that you couldn't see. So people who show up, they'd have no idea that light's even there. Their eyes will adjust, and they'll be looking at the stars, and none of those stars or the Milky Way will be impeded. But if they looked over at your tripod down there, they'll see, oh, actually, there's a light down there. They'll recognize the light once their eyes adjust, but at first, very low light. can't even tell. So that's kind of what I did in Gomba Valley. I mean, I covered that light up so much with that banana peel yeah. that it was just barely, barely shining. And, and yet it's a huge light source. Yeah, that one with the 20-second exposure, it was tons of light. So, yeah, So it's it going to be awesome having Royce Bear come on, talk more about oh, yeah. this, give his opinion on it, and see what he's thinking about his workshops that he has going forward. I think the biggest concern is that it's probably not going to stay in just arches and canyon lands, other national parks. Most likely here in Utah, if not other places. They may adopt the same they're rule. They're probably going to adopt the same rule. And if so, they don't allow workshops at night at all after 2018, what a bummer. Astrophotography yeah. workshops are done as far as landscapes that are pretty, you know, landmark, awesome places. Yeah, so that means we either have to get really creative 
if we're going to start doing workshops, because we want to start doing workshops, and especially in 2018. So we either have to get really creative and find places that are basically public access that still have the same appeal. Right. Or we need to really lash back now in 2017 and say, hey, look, we understand why this is an issue and some people are getting freaked out, but We're what if we this. just modify this and tweak this rule yeah. to be low light only? So no bright, you know, kill the bright lights, And but, if, but Royce has a great technique that we can use and it won't offend anybody. Why don't we try this first before we go yeah. full bound, you know. Blanket ban yeah. on all groups being there at night. Right. No kidding. Absolutely. That's just, over, that's just crazy overkill. So mm-hmm. why, why don't we just find a nice middle ground? So I should mention also that this is only applying to those commercial use authorization groups. People who have requests have no problems, right? There's no rules yet about amateurs light painting or even going. There's no rules so about doing no, that. That makes no difference. See, they're not, not it stopping no it from happening. They're stopping. They're stopping it from happening with those who have paid to have the rights to be there, who have reported that they're going to be there, who have done you know the utmost best to let them know that they're going to do this, 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 and this, have this many people, and they're going to do it at this time. People who just randomly come in are going to completely ruin it. So I really don't think this is going to last. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I I don't think so either. Unless they have someone. Hopefully they come to their senses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're in the area and you're in Utah, this is the year to hit that bucket list (laughs) item of capturing the Milky Way over Delicate Arch or anything Mm -hmm. else in Arches and Canyon Lands. Get out there to Balance Rock and get your shot now because if you wanted to light paint, you might not have a chance to again. So I think that's going to make the park crazy busy at night around the new moon for the Mm. whole year now. And so when we go out there, it's going to be nuts. If only we had made it out last year. We thought we had plenty of time. Had no idea. Yeah. So we're going to have Royce Bear on later this week. It'll be fantastic to hear from the guy about all of his tips on astrophotography. I mean, we have this lens because of him. We have this tripod head because of him (laughs) because we just really admire his work and really like the guy. And so we're stoked to have him on here. Thank you, Royce, for joining us. And we'll get more about astrophotography tips as well in that, that podcast. Cool. So guys, thank you again for listening. We really, really, really enjoy hearing from everyone. When we go into YouTube video and we get comments, we have loved having those comments yeah, come by and yeah. talk. We've, we've made friends with people. I have a guy named Chris who now I feel like is my buddy, and I can't wait to hear what lens he chooses, you know? Oh, yeah, He yeah. just hit me up randomly after the Gear Time video and asked me some questions about it, and ever since then, we've talked every other day about his lens here and there, and he's a cool guy. I have just loved meeting more people, and I'm hoping that with our Facebook group of Photog Adventures listeners that if you guys have the time and want to come down there and join us, we can have conversations, keep things going. You can hear how things are going and where we're going to be next. And it'd just be a fun place to get together and share advice, share tips, correct things that we said that you feel like could be Yeah, we're not better. perfect. We're not gurus, but we're trying. We're, yeah. We've learned a lot of stuff, but yeah. Teach us, help us learn more, give us advice and places we should go, or even just request what we should do next. Yeah. Really love to have you there. Thank you so much. Thanks again for those who have reviewed and rated us on iTunes. Very appreciate that. We are in the Google Play market now, and we're just about to get into the iHeartRadio app. And so if we can get there and maybe get to Spotify, we'll have some more listeners. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So thanks, guys, again for listening to Photog Adventures podcast. We are going to come back in a week with another interview. We have Bryony Richards as an interview. We have Royce Bear for an interview, talking a lot of astrophotography. In about six days, there's going to be the Milky Way above the horizon again during the dark time at night. I can't wait to see the Milky Way core again. 
The season for Milky Way is just about back. Yeah. Really stoked for it. Hope you guys get out there and have a Photog adventure of your own really soon. Have a good week, guys. See you guys. <laughs>